do. Every single Saturday on these airwaves, my name is Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Come on. That's you, Merced. Winton. Livingston. Atwater. And all of the little communities up and down the 99 here in the County of Mercy. Hey, it's uh, 6 a.m. Wakey, wakey. Early, isn't it? Oh, let me let me get out of this segment. i got to do everything my i got to do everything myself. Dave Luna has a staff. You don't want to miss him. Oh, there we are. Saving, uh, cruising. I was going to say saving. Saving money with the Big Kahuna. No, if you're cruising with the Big Kahuna, it's costing you cash, baby, because, as you know, gas, well, it's come down to what? I don't know. Five-something. You ordered it at Costco. It was the other. I didn't know a Camry could hold 19 gallons. I, I'm wondering if with the hot weather, gas expands or something as it goes through the, uh, the revenue meter there. Because I, I never... It was hitting twenty. I'm like twenty gallons. Where's this thing going into the sa- into the uh, trunk or uh, is there a hole in the tank? And there could be if you have some of the thieves around here. Hey, speaking of thieves, really interesting. Uh, we tried to start the Lobo van the other day, and you're thinking, "Oh, battery got stolen." No, the catalytic converter. It started just fine. Sounded like a uh, freight train. Unbelievable, folks. They crawled under there sometime between when we used it last and when we used it this week, or tried to and took the catalytic converter. Now, I would almost guess where it is. I don't know, but uh, there's been a previous uh, business uh, that's been uh, in the news of, uh, what's the word, fencing, uh, taking in uh, just what the, these stolen catalytic converters. I don't know if ours is down there, but if you see one with the Lobo uh, logo, uh, that could be ours. And so now we're faced with a, a, a big bill, and it's really, really, really sad because... I go back to a Sunstar article, March of this year, not that long ago. March was three. This is nine. So, that's the MCLA math. Six, what, five, six months ago. Merced's report of violent property crimes, report of violent, comma, property crimes, went up roughly 19% in 2021. Now, it's still 2022. We don't have the... We don't have the numbers yet, but the city of Merced reported a roughly, I read from the article, a roughly 19% rise in reported violent and property crimes combined, according to data released by the city's police department, topping the list of violent crimes, <laughs> you know, which which this is about the, the biggest one. Merced police recorded 13 murder, non-negligent homicide. That, meant, that means it was on purpose. It wasn't like, oopsie, you know, had the gun pointed in the wrong direction or you know, slipped off the roof. No, no. Or pushed off the roof. In 2021, compared to seven, seven in 2020. So 13 versus seven, uh, an increase of, hey, they do the math for me, 85.71%. Let's round up as we used to, 86%. That's incredible, and it's unacceptable. Police Chief Tom Cavallaro, seven of the city's homicides, said that seven of the city's homicides in 2021 appear to be related to either gangs, drugs, or, hey, both. Hey, a surprise. Surprise. Public safety, a big deal. A big deal. And then we talk about property crimes, the assault on private property that goes on daily, nightly here in this city. Public safety is a huge issue, a huge, huge issue. And my friends, it needs to be addressed. They quote Chief Tom Cavallaro, who is retiring in November, I believe. 
And there's going to be a need for a new police chief. But we do have a fire chief, a new fire chief, a paramedic, by the way. Remember Squad 51, the old days, Rampart? Everybody watched that show in the 70s. You know, John and Gage, two kind of likable characters there, riding uh, that big Dodge with uh, all of the equipment. They'd pull out everything. They'd talk to Rampart Hospital, based down in Los Angeles. So we have a new chief, Chief Derek Parker, who has come from Sacramento, He's been here, I think, uh, I don't know, year, year and a half. Kind of time flies over there. But anyway, uh, we're getting our own version of our paramedic service, which I am a big supporter of this program. Do not misunderstand me. I think that the paramedic program is important, just like it was on the TV show back in 1972. And it's kind of why the TV show was created, because that's when the, uh, that was when a real, a lot of attention was focused on life-saving efforts and what first responders could do in that situation, specifically police, fire. Fire is uh, got the big engines, uh, better equipped, more personnel. Police, you maybe have one, two guys if you're lucky. So it's something that has evolved over the years into the amazing EMS system that we have now and the response system here in Merced, the city of Merced specifically, because this was discussed at the last city council meeting that was held on Tuesday, September 6th. And so the uh, topic of this discussion in this hour is going to be the emergency responder fee, the responsibility that they're trying to put on people that have insurance. Evidently, the county over the years has not really been forwarding the money, even like they used to just a few years ago, uh, to the fire department, to the uh, city of Merced. Again, revenue sharing, that sort of thing, always a big deal. Uh, We went through a revenue sharing agreement when former city manager Steve Kerrigan came into office. And uh, this is uh, kind of on the same level as far as getting paid for the services that you provide. They're uh, talking about generating $350,000 a year from this fee, primarily billing insurance companies. They're not saying they're not going to go after private pay. Uh, There'd be people that respond, uh, you know, want an ambulance. The ambulance responds. They're paying for it out of their pocket. The chief, Chief Parker, says we're not going to go after that. He Kind of an interesting quote here. The juice is just not worth the squeeze. So they are going to put the squeeze on those folks that have private insurance. Now, if you have Medi-Cal, Medicaid, some sort of program like that, uh, they're not going to come after you. I don't really know how those costs are reimbursed. I'd like to think there's some sort of vehicle, even if it's minimal. The chief starts out in his presentation, which we're going to start right now, about the history of the paramedic service and that sort of thing. And really, it's kind of eye-opening where he says, hey, we're not really responsible for this. We've been doing it as a service, as a courtesy, if you will. And it's expanded into this onerous uh, responsibility that uh, over 60% of the calls are medical-related. Now, I don't know the breakdown between, uh, you know, homeless, medical aid, those sorts of things. A guy uh, passed out on dope or drugs. Uh, somebody under a bridge. I don't know. They didn't give a breakdown on that. I don't know how that's reimbursed. But there, uh, it's a very, very interesting conversation about how we uh, pay for these increased calls for service, especially when it comes to medical aid and not getting the money, uh, evidently, from the county that we're supposed to get. And again, I think this is another example of where the county should be brought in and work in conjunction uh, because they administer the contract with Riggs Ambulance. And the city really doesn't have much of a choice in that. The city, as you know, wants to start their own paramedic program, and these monies would be used primarily for uh, personnel, paying for personnel, 
the education of those personnel and also equipment. As you remember, Squad 51 had a lot of equipment. John and Gage couldn't do it all by themselves. So let's go into the public testimony, specifically from Chief Parker, and we'll, uh, we'll bring it back after that. Good evening, Mr. Mayor, members of council, city staff. Um, thank you for giving us the opportunity to um, report out on uh, our first responder fee. So in, I, I want to give you guys a little bit of history on where uh, Merced Fire Department is and, and where we came from in regards to uh, EMS, emergency medical services. So uh, this is not a new venture for us. It's nearly 50 years in the make, making to come up here and stand before everybody and discuss uh, some of these issues. So Merced Fire began the services in 1974. There's a, there's a document right in the middle um, that's signed by the second fire chief mm -hmm. that uh, we had 12 EMTs within the organization in 1974. Um, the, the document that's listed there in the, in the right, um, that is actually a paramedic feasibility study and a report out, um, as is the one on the left, and this was completed in 1975. Um, what's important to, to really take out of all this, that, you know, we're, here we are nearly 50 years later, and we're having a, a very similar discussion. At the end of the feasibility study for paramedic services, uh, th there's a conclusion that's written, and uh, the, the last line is, is, very, uh, is very important. And it says, we sincerely believe that this community cannot afford to be without these emergency medical services. So since the, the early to mid-70s, uh, the fire department in the city of Merced has been, uh, has been actively pursuing EMS and increasing the level of service to the community members. So what does it look like today? Um, in 2021, Merced Fire Department responded to 12,084 calls. 61% of those were purely medical in nature. While that, that number has some context, it's not necessarily uh, clear what that looks like. And so if we go back to 2003, when there are very few of the, the members within the organization um, that were here then, uh, but what, what has changed is the call volume has, has drastically uh, increased. So we have, in 2003, 4,289 calls. Um, only 44% of those were medical aids. And uh, there's a lot, a lot of fires. There's a, a different tiering um, of the calls that people responded to. And so it's important to know that as time has gone on, we have gone to more medical, uh, medical requests. And, and it's become a very important part of what we are trying to um, care for the community with. These additional services, they are not uh, part of our statutory obligation. So as a fire department in the city of Merced, our responsibility is to respond to fires and to have preventative services, pre fire prevention. As we move past that, now we start getting into these extra services. And where does the money come from? Where, where do you fund these, uh, these programs? So we have to come up with ways to generate the revenue to, to show um, that we can keep the, the response level up and be sustainable. So we want to continue to operate and, and, uh, and provide service to the community. It's important to us. Um, in June of this year, we, we had a first responder fee um, study completed by a company called AP Triton, and they cited 13 recommendations. So as we go through here, we'll reference a lot of these. Uh, and the, the first 
the first recommendation, or uh, let me even back up. The first thing that we're going to talk about here within this first responder fee is why would we create a new program? Well, this is not a new program. Okay. Um, when the ambulance contractor for the county, Riggs Ambulance, um, bid on their request for proposal, they in within that request for proposal, it stated that there shall be first responder fees, and this is an excerpt out of the county's RFP. Um, they bill these at $125 per transport, and it's the ambulance contractor's responsibility to conduct that billing and then pass that money back through to the first responders. So this is not a new thing. We have been um, receiving funding for, for a number of years, and, and we'll get into that here shortly. So here it is. So we've been tracking the amount of revenue that we've generated um, on the first responder fee that's come out of the, the county RFP. And so you can see that the numbers go up and down. Um, what, you, what you should see in a report like this is a gradual trend upward. As the call volume increases and the number of transports increase, you should see a steady incline in that. So what we have here is, a, is this up and down and the inconsistency in how that money is passed through to the Merced Fire Department is, is what's in question here. How can we have nearly $40,000 in, in revenue in 2016, uh, but in 2020, uh, the last year that we have full, um, full accountability for it during this study is at $21,000. So um, that's kind of the question. What the, what the numbers come to show, it, when you bill out this, this first responder fee, when, when it's billed out for us by um, the ambulance contractor, what they're saying is that between 350 and 152 transports actually happened that the fire department was on. And we know that's absolutely not accurate, given that we went on nearly 12, or a little bit over 12,000 calls. So quite a discrepancy, as you can see, between what the department receives, what the county acknowledges. Again, these first responder fees, how do we recoup our costs? We'll pick it up after the break here on Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley. Saturday morning, 6 a.m. That's right. It's early. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. You Citizen Watch on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS, September 10th, 2022. So happy you're uh, here with us. Let's get right back into it with uh, Chief. Chief, Derek Parker, over there at the uh, Merced Fire Department. It's uh, not Station 51. I think it's, uh, is it 55? No, that's where the pancake breakfast is. What is it? What's the main the main one down there on 16th Street? Anyway, uh, he's talking about the firefighter fee that they are supposed to be getting from the county, a, uh, what, 125 bucks? Not much. 
Uh, the cost to uh, do business over there at the Merced Fire Department is about $800 a response. It's not cheap, as anybody who's had an ambulance, right? Actually, I'll tell you what, being in San Diego for a few years working uh, alongside their EMS department, I think it was 12 or 14 very, very expensive. So I don't think 600 is uh, out of line, or 800 They want to go about 80% of the cost, which is uh, $610.57. So they have this consultant, A.P. Triton, high-paid consultant who did a study, and they say, hey, charge money, because that's how the consultants justify the study. You know, hey, you're not getting enough, blah, blah, blah. And they're right. Revenue's down. Revenue is down. So they need uh, to fund money for the college education of these firefighters. They want to look at this program every three years. So don't worry. Every 36 months, it'll come before, well, I don't know what look at. Maybe before the council for approval. I don't know. Again, this is in the early phases. They will have a CPI, the consumer price index, increase every year. Now, your water bills, you folks that are wondering why nothing's coming out, the city started shutting water off this week, I believe. Maybe there was a respite. I don't know. But the, uh, the line down at City Hall this week, I went in there Tuesday. Whoo! Chihuahua, you talk about long. That thing went out the door. It was down to the Tioga. Almost. So the consumer price index, I think, went up on water bills this year, what, 15, 16%? We're supposed to. They're going to look at it every year. Uh, the, only, the only problem is who's going to bill for this? Because they're firefighters. Come on, man. They don't have the, the adding machines over there, the uh, software, the city. Uh, you know, they're busy. So they want to go to a third-party vendor to do the billing of this uh, to the private insurance, $610.57, revenue generated about $350,000 per year. We're not talking, I mean, I go into my math there, it's about 5% of of what they're trying to do there. Uh, The community expects the cost uh, to be recovered, I think, and so it's disappointing that the county has been well, not really living up to even the promise they made at 150 Because with the number of calls, that's the rub here, folks. The number of calls have gone up exponentially. You'll hear the chief talk about that. And they're really only going after the people uh, that can afford it in their mind. The people with insurance. Not that insurance rates go up ever. Try to get fire insurance up in the hills now. I mean, thank goodness we have Cal Fire. I hope Cal Fire does Well, they do kind of go up. They do have a rural firefighting fee now that I think about it. So this is something that's been going on again since the days of Squad 51, John and Gage over there at, uh, at the fire department for a lot of years here in the city of Merced. Everybody's got used to it. The feeling on the council is, hey, you know, this is kind of a cool thing. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling. But again, how are we going to pay for it? How are we going to implement that paramedic program? So, again, this is just in the city of Merced. If you take an ambulance ride and you don't pay the bill through rigs, I imagine there is a small claim, something. I imagine they'll come after you somehow. So, I, I don't think it's a, uh, again, this is just dealing with the city of Merced and, and what the community expects and how we're going to get there. So, keep an eye on this issue. We're going to play some more public comment, go out of the break, and then we'll come back. Or go into the break. Then we'll come back from the break and uh, finish it up see how it goes here we go continuation of chief parker talking about the consultant the high-paid consultant and their recommendations on what well what we should do so this is the stuff that comes out of the actual report 
um, in the first responder fee study, it cites that very, that very piece of information from the RFP. And it says that the county contractor for within the EOA, Riggs Ambulance, um, it, they have an obligation to bill this first responder fee. And it hasn't been, uh, hasn't been done as efficiently as possible. So to come to a fee, we got to have a, a number. And there's a, a formula that the contractor, the AP Triton, the um, people who wrote the study that they came to. So there's a lot of numbers there, but I'll really cut down to it. The total costs, that is what it costs for the, the Merced Fire Department to respond to emergency medical calls. That includes staffing, it includes training, it includes dispatch services, it includes everything related to EMS. And when you take all of that money and then you add what it would cost for us to bill out, um, to hire a, a third-party contractor for billing, um, it comes to nearly $4.5 million. You take that divided by the call, the EMS calls that we uh, responded to, which is in this case, in this study, it was 7358 you get to the determination, the determining cost is $610.57. That's how they came to that number. It was not arbitrary. So what does it look like? When we, when we have this $610 first responder fee, who gets billed? So what we, in order to answer that question, we have to look at what is the makeup of the community. So within our community, we have a high Medicare and Medi-Cal um, uh, base of recipients. That's important because we cannot bill them for our first responder fee. There's there's laws in place, and and these are these are underserved uh, people, but they cannot be billed. So that's off the table. We're not trying to send a, a bill to these people. What you have left is private pay and commercial insurance. So at four point three percent private pay. Um, we, we can bill private pay. It is, it is the recommendation of the fire department to not bill private pay because the, essentially the juice is not worth the squeeze. Um, these are underserved people who we, we, we really don't want to try and go after uh, to, to collect money. What we have left is commercial insurance. So with commercial insurance, this is an acceptable, um, the, the first responder fee is an acceptable fee that insurances will pay when a, a first responder, an um, a fire department comes out for an ambulance type call and the first responder being, in our case, the fire department, we show up, we give our assessment and then we help um, assist the ambulance for that transport. This is an acceptable fee and, and we bill the insurance directly. So when we take that big number, that nearly $4.5 million number, and we take what the individual cost would be based off of the call volume, that $610.57 number, you have private pay and commercial insurance. Uh, like I said, private pay, I, I'm, I am not recommending that we go down this, but down this route, but uh, it is within the study. And we also have the commercial insurance. Commercial insurance, although some commercial insurances will pay the 100% of the bill, um, many of them will negotiate a different rate through the biller. And at an average of 80%, um, you get this, you get a number of uh, about $350,000. So we're looking at potential revenue of $350,000. Are we the only ones who would be doing this? No. 
Um, so there's a, a, a long list, I won't read them all, but long list of, of communities across the Central Valley and, and, and Northern and, and Southern California who have a first responder fee. This is, uh, this is not a new program. This is something that's been around for quite a while. And the fees will range anywhere from $300 to $825. So we are not at the top of the list. We are not at the bottom of the list. We're pretty much right there in the middle. Well, how are we going to use this? And what would this be used for? So um, it, it's really not a, uh, it's, it's not a secret that, you know, Merced Fire, um, Chief Brunelli and myself, are, we're helping uh, start this paramedic program out at the college um, with the help of a number of other people. But we want to be able to, we want to fund, we want to be able to fund our personnel to get out there and go to school. We need to reinvest any of the monies that we, we, we create and generate, um, that we reinvest them back into this program because our goal is to put this, this money to good use and help the people of the community. Um, buying ALS equipment, uh, there's a long list of that, but EKG monitors, um, all the ALS supplies that will be needed, that's also part of it. And so then once you get these people trained up, we have to be able to, to support them. Um, the labor unit would, would, would be after us if we didn't address that. Um, so we would utilize the uh, first responder fee to help offset that uh, incentive cost because this is gonna be part of how we maintain um, ALS employees. So we start to get into the recommendations here. Uh, the, all these recommendations, you know, AP Triton believes that this is, this is definitely a, a feasible um, opportunity for the city of Merced. Uh, they, AP Triton recommends that this fee be um, accepted and adopted uh, by the city, by city council. The rate based on the 80% collection as was explained of $610.57 is what they're recommending. Um, they'd like for us to come back and look at this every three years. Um, and so I, I, uh, I do support that. I think that's a um, good way to go. And then we would need to evaluate the capacity of the administrative staff to determine the first responder fee billing. Uh, we do not have the capacity and ability, it is a very finite, uh, uh, very niche billing, EMS billing, and so we would have to go out to a third party vendor, um, which is part of their recommendation there. Uh, we should have a, a liberal waiver, um, compassion waiver policy. Yes, that's, that is gonna be one of the asks as we get through it is to develop a compassion waiver policy. Um, even though some people may have uh, their commercial insurance, uh, they may call and say, please don't bill my insurance, and we need to be able to listen to them, and we can't do that without council direction. Uh, CPIs, CPIs are, uh, I, can't, I can't understate, I shouldn't understate the, the necessity of having a CPI in place, um, even though we will come back every three years and, and address that um, overall cost and, and whether we should um, up or raise or lower um, that amount of money that gets uh, allocated for for the fee, um, we need to have something that stays in line with the amount of inflation. All right, so these are our our, our goals here. Um, we need to we know that if we go forward with this, we need to have a third party biller. Uh, we would have to have private insurance for that first responder. 
we would build the private insurance for the first responder fee. Um, we need to establish through council uh, a policy to withhold billing for Medi-Cal and Medicare as it is it is against the law to send to send bills for Medi-Cal and Medicare for uh, first responder fee and to uh, re eliminate the private pay part. Okay, I don't think we should be billing the private pay. I think it's uh, isolated to just billing commercial insurance. Um, establish a compassion waiver policy and then uh, embark on a six month out six month outreach effort um, to share those our, our goals and uh, educate people on what the first responder fee uh, revenue would be used for. So we're looking for council action on approving the first responder fee, um, getting the direction on what policies and to provide the direction on establishing a companion waiver policy. Hello. So it's nice to hear that they're considering waivers to this for compassion for people that are financially strapped. And I understand that. That's a great majority of the people here in Merced acknowledged by not only council members, but also the fire department. Also, the private pay is only about 5% of the calls they feel they're going to go after. And out of that, I think it was about 3%. But hey, 600,000 is 600,000. We'll pick it up after the break. Citizen Watch. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Citizen Watch, Saturday morning. My name's Casey Steve, the voice of your valley. On Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM, KYOS. Third and final segment of Citizen Watch, the 6 AM hour on September 10th, 2022. Get them while you can. That's all I can say. Hey, uh, here we are, finishing up the coverage of Chief Parker presentation. A couple of comments from our fantastic city manager, Stephanie Dietz. Responding to some of the criticisms, what I didn't have a chance to play was a couple of the public speakers talking about the concern of the indigent, the people that can't afford these services being charged. It appears that that is being addressed by the council in these compassionate waivers. So let's get right into it, finish up the segment, and we'll see you at 8 o'clock. Mr. Mayor, we'd be happy to respond to some of the questions. So um, currently, Riggs is allowed to charge the $125 first responder fee via their contract with the county. The city does not have the ability to um, influence how that contract is managed. And so we're here tonight to establish an independent fee of the county's contract, of which we have no connection to legally. That also, we are not adopting the fee tonight. We're actually seeking your direction. Fees cannot be adopted unless they're done so by resolution. So that would come back. We would launch a community campaign to educate the community. And we do also want to remind our, our viewers and those in attendance today, we would be educating those in that 9% of whom the fee would be impacted. Um, a majority, as you can see from the payer mix of the people we serve, would not be charged a fee for this type of service. Councilman Retrovaria. <clears throat> Thank you, Mayor. Well, uh, that uh, that kind of explained a little bit to some of the questions that were that were asked. This is already happening, correct, Chief? You're correct. Okay, this is already happening right now. They're, they're already 
taking it. But I think the most important thing to understand, and for my residents in District 2, which is an impoverished area, my community, is with Medi-Cal and Medicare, we're not going to see any fees imposed on, on the residents that call the ambulance. I want, I want the viewers and I want the audience to understand that, uh, which is very important, very important. This um, um, is actually, Stephanie is, is now reaching out, if I may say so, to the county, and we're looking into what another one of our um, uh, speakers uh, brought information to about the vendor. Okay, this is very important. This is this is a very important aspect now that we're looking at is is how we're going to um, not dissect, but how we're going to. Uh, I'd like to say a nice, polite word: uh, accountability and um, transparency in that. So let's just look at what our city manager is doing in conjunction with all the work that you're doing, Chief Parker. But for our viewers to understand that this is already happening now. If it's not affecting the impoverished area of my community, which is District Two, and it's not affecting like. Medicare or Medi-Cal, then who it is affecting is the people that have insurance and that and that can afford it, that can afford this. We're not going after people that cannot afford this. And, and this is in no way, I've received some calls from a doctor, and this is no way trying to um, discourage somebody from calling 911 for a medical emergency for fear that they're going to have to pay $600. I want my community to know that that's not going to do that it's going to affect people that can afford it, and, and they're already doing it already. This is just a way for us to, may I say, direct the funds appropriately and maybe make uh, future investments to uh, alleviate uh, the issues that we're having. Uh, but very good points that everybody brought up. Now, I do have one question because, I, as you can tell, I am in agreement with this. Um, but now on the, com the compassion waiver policy, for example, if I have Blue Cross insurance, and I make over $100,000 a year, and I have the ability to pay for that ambulance to come and to pick me up, could I ask for some compassion policy or a, a waiver if, for example, I lost my job or, or COVID is affected in some way or, or I'm 75 years old and I really can't afford an extra burden because they boosted my house payments and water's going up and inflation's going up and gas is going up. Can you please give us a brief um, example of what, if you can, what a com uh, compassion waiver policy would look like. Yeah, uh, so a compassion waiver policy, um, it's really, really searchable, actually, um, to California fire departments, and you just type that in. But what you, uh, what you see is that there, there will be, the incident has to be cited, um, that uh, the, the statement of the, the reason for the compassion um, needs to be uh, addressed and why somebody wants to um, not be billed. Um, there's, you know, there's a couple of things that were, that were mentioned uh, that I, I do want to make real clear. Um, you know, we don't, we don't go around and, and uh, check people's um, IRS tax statements. I, I, I don't care how much um, somebody who requests our service makes, and that's actually not part of our, our questioning. We just want to know whether they have um, private insurance, uh, federally uh, supported insurance, Medi-Cal, Medi Medicare, um, or if they don't have insurance, and that, that's, that's the in intent of it. What, uh, another piece that I think is really important to the speakers and yourself um, in, in some of the statements is when we get down to dealing with somebody who has a commercial insurance product, 
we are not balanced billing. Uh, if there's a negotiated, so let's say $610 is, is the rate. Um, let's say insurance X says we'll pay a 300. That's what it is. We're done. That, that is the conclusion of the billing process. So we're not balancing the, the bill, the, the remainder to the individual. Uh, we're taking their insurance payment as payment in full and, and closing that case. So we're not trying to uh, be a burden. And although an individual may see a, a bill come across um, in the mail, uh, if they have a commercial insurance product, they're they're taken care of. Their their commercial insurance will address that. And then if they do not, if they have a Medi-Cal, Medicare, private pay, then then we will the the biller, not us, not the fire department proper, but the third party biller will address that and and waive that. Um, the compassion waiver policy is that it, some people, for whatever reason, they, everybody gets to make their own choices. Uh, they choose to not. They may elect to not be billed, and, and we may have a. Uh, a set of reasons that we say, all right, that's acceptable. That policy will be brought back before the council for adoption. So you'll be able to see it in its draft form, make comment and better understand it when we bring it forward. So it's, uh, it's obviously not, it's, we're getting direction to start that process tonight. This will all come back to you over time. Yes. I think that's what the speakers want to hear is that this is not, we're not making that final decision today. We're looking into it. And would it be safe to say that because of we're having problems uh, with the vendors and the the rate of of, of 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 calls that are going that we're being forced in this to do this well I think if you recall um, about a year ago we brought this concept to your council to explore and you asked us to do some due diligence in terms of sustainability and chief Parker's presentation indicates that the revenue coming through the county vendor is not sustainable and so we've identified this as an opportunity to take, the fate of this fee billing into our own hands and to create some sustainability and some revenue that our department can rely on so that it can be reinvested in emergency medical services to the community. So we're actually being pushed into this we're being, and, and forced we are, because of that. We're being proactive okay. and we're, we're working through issues as they come to us. <laughs> All right. Rand, you, uh, you, you still, you, you press another request to speak. Is that, um, you good? Yeah, no, yeah, no. You, you get um, back. Yes. Yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. All right. Uh, Mayor Pro Tem Blake. Yeah, comment. Thank you, Chief. Um, and please correct me if I'm, I'm wrong with any of this. Um, so the city fire department has in the city and fire departments um, have no obligation legally or otherwise to respond to medical aids at all. Um, is that correct? I, actually, that's yeah, my that, assumption. That is actually true. Yeah. Okay. So we're uh, basically a... Uh, in addition to Riggs's. Riggs is what we look to for medical EMS care, correct? Emergency medical. Yeah, we support the system. You guys support them, right? Um, but the reality is it's a service that our communities come to expect, uh, which um, I concur with. I think it's a it's a it's a top notch service that um, I've I've watched these guys in action. I've had a call for, for family members in the past and it's it's something to, to see. I mean they're very good at what they do, very professional and it's I've worked with other fire departments, um, not as good as City of Merced. I agree. Um, the reality is, we have not. Uh, bless you, Frank. Uh, we have not uh, been been getting our fair share, though, for years. And I know I've, these are things I've thought about and we've talked about for years and years and years. But as you know, the way the system is built, we're limited. Um, 
So I, I long story short, I, I support this. I think it's a it's a it's a reasonable fee uh, structure um, for a, a lot of the same reasons Fernando pointed out. I think it's a, it's a win win. It's time for us to get our our share, and w- what that does allow us to, you know, flip that money potentially to enhance our potential paramedic program that we've discussed in length, um, which would enhance the service to our citizens that we serve, and it would be a much more enhanced service because. I think it's it's no secret, and I think just based off of logistics, we can all agree that the city fire department's going to get, nine times out of ten, they're going to get their prior to rigs if it's something within the city of Merced. And I think that's, you know, that's pretty obvious. Um, so with that being said, is seconds, minutes save lives, obviously, and you guys are going to, in a lot of occasions, be the first ones there. So um, enhancing our own program and having, uh, I think we only have one paramedic right now, but it having additional ones that have a higher level of care, available and can administer that care, um, I think is fantastic for the city and for our constituency. Um, I think the third party vendor is a good idea. It sort of takes away that uh, any question of if we have sort of very direct guidance for the vendor, takes away any questions of uh, perception issues or uh, maybe billing somebody we're not billing and then there's a grievance. It kind of takes it out of our hands and says, hey, this is the guidance that the council set and they're, um, it's across the board. We're not taking into consideration anything else. Um, Again, the fee is reasonable, um, and the money goes towards the, again, to enhance what we're doing here and to enhance the quality of life for the general public. And and like I said, this department, I've watched them uh, in medical emergency type situations are very, very, very impressive. You know, I I feel compelled. Uh, Chief Brunelli is a paramedic. He's been around here for quite a while, but you guys, you hired another paramedic um, about 20 months ago. So, (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. He sits in his office all day. Try to get him out of the office. Uh, Council member Ornels. Just for clarity's sake, so for those that have private insurance, there will be no out of costs. Right, um, no balance billing. All, all revenue created will go back into the fire department, not into the general fund. Council Richard, we got another one from you, but I think that was, that was when. One, one last thing. Um, I want to piggyback on what um, Mayor Pro Tem Blake said. Could, could, you, could you once again, you explained it to us, but could you explain to the viewers and to the public what the three main components or, or, or areas that fire department respond to first? It's fire. So we go to fires. Okay. And, <laughs> and then we have, a, we have an obligation to, to have prevention efforts. And the um, third would and be then, so what we're after, talking about. After that, those are statutory obligations. Um, but then after that, you know, it, it really takes off. And, and that what leads the additional uh, responsibilities are going to medical aids, technical rescue, hazardous materials, responding to wildland fires. I mean, the list goes on and on. Basically, when it when it comes down to I'm not sure who to call, the, the call goes to the fire department. So we do a number of, of uh, different things. Okay. Councilman Schultz. Yeah, thank you, Mayor. First and foremost, Steve, a great presentation, um, and, and thank you for being a problem solver and, and proactive in this. Uh, just a, a few quick comments. Um, I think Councilmember Blake makes a very good point about the expectation um, that our community um, has come to know and deserve, and it's our responsibility to continue that, right? And so this definitely provides a continuity of service and to be sure that you guys continue to be a lifeline to the residents um, in their time of need. Uh, Fernando makes a, a very good point about being able to hold our, our partners accountable and being able to recoup uh, monies that are rightfully due to us, right? Um, we're called to be good stewards of the people's money, uh, and this is us being proactive uh, in, in, in doing so. 
Uh, I, I think one of the key points uh, to this program is just the fact how it's going to help stand up um, a job training program and hopefully we're able to retain some of those people here uh, to work for us. Um, we talk about building an economy, so on and so forth. Um, absolutely uh, in, uh, imperative. Uh, and then just the overall uh, longevity uh, and the potential success for the program. And so thank you and thank you for to you guys for what you do. Thank you. Councilor Boyle. Thank you. And thank you, Chief, for the presentation. Um, I'm going to keep my comments brief, but I'm in full support of uh, this tonight. Um, if we're going to keep our response times up, um, we need to continue to be responsible and responsive to our community. So I think this is a good direction for us to go. No, just briefly, um, medical care is an enormous deal in our city. That you know, one of the top complaints about Merced is, is the poor quality of medical care. You hear that all the time. Um, and I think we certainly, where we don't, you know, obviously the city doesn't build hospitals. The city doesn't, uh, you know, provide medical insurance like other state agencies do. But we, I think this is the role we have to play. So, and, and uh, just imagine if we didn't do it. You know, Eight thousand or so calls every year, um, and you know how many how many lives we lost if we didn't provide the service. And everybody who's when seconds matter, when you have, you know, from things like gunshot wound victims or stabbing victims, all the way to elderly people with, with emergencies or people with heart attacks and stuff. It's just, uh, I mean, probably, who knows how many lives uh, would be lost if we didn't provide the service. So um, again, as, just to echo a lot of the comments my fellow council members made. Uh, so keep up on this issue, folks. We will bring you more information as it becomes available and when we're available. My name's Casey Steed, the voice of your valley on Merced's News Talk Station, 107.3 FM, 1480 AM KYOS. Hey, we'll be back someday.